the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I am Ron Cabuno, and it is December 2nd already. My goodness. I kind of took a little bit of a break there. Went down and saw the family in North Carolina for Thanksgiving, came back to a whole bunch of work, and, you know, that comes first before the podcast, before these little hobbies that I've got, even though I really feel like I share some cool and important stuff with you guys whenever I come on the mic, and today is obviously going to be no different. We're not going to talk about Omicron, Omicron, not sure which one it is, I think it's the latter. I mean, we could say that it's probably spread to over 20 countries. No severe symptoms have been reported yet in any of the cases. That is a very good news. But you saw what happened in the stock market, and that is not good news. Just goes to show you that there is always volatility in the market, and a lot of people go running for the hills as soon as something like this comes down the pike. But I'm hoping that with an increase in good news about this new variant, The markets will stabilize, but that's not going to take care of all those other issues that are um, plaguing us right now in the economy and the society at large. Uh, Just heard a really cool story about Amazon. I think it was on the New York Times podcast yesterday. It was um, just absolutely amazing. You're going to love these numbers. Did you know that Amazon has 150% turnover annually in their workforce? They basically, obviously have set up their model to make sure that you are getting what you need at your doorstep as soon as possible, no matter what. And that means working their workers to the bone and expecting them to leave in under two years. That is the business model. So along with that goes these really staggering numbers. In this last quarter for Christmas to make sure that you're getting everything you need and with the labor shortages that everyone's feeling, including them, They plan on spending, listen to this, $4 billion in this quarter on labor alone and don't even expect to make a profit. That is how confident they are in their business model and how much they know they need to stick to it to keep you with, you know, with them. I'm probably going to order some stuff on Amazon this Christmas, but I would just implore all of you guys, please choose any local outlet instead of them whenever possible. You know, you're not going to need those bath salts um, tomorrow, although maybe you do, you're running low. If you can wait just that extra day, or if you can make that trip to the store on your way home from work, do that and maybe pay an extra dollar. For instance, I need a flash for my camera, and Amazon is selling it for essentially half of what the local camera shop is selling it for. I'm going to go in there and they're going to actually match my price because they want the business. Do I expect them to do that every time? No, that is quite a steep discount for them to take, but they're that good and at least I'm giving them giving them the ability to match this mega corporation so that I can put the dollars into the community instead of into space or whatever rocket ship this dude is building lately. Uh, let's see, since we last spoke, it seems as though the Wright Brothers original bike shop in Dayton, Ohio is set to be torn down, and I don't see any organization stepping in to stop it, 
which is really sad. That place should be registered on the list of historical landmarks for this nation. I can't understand why it isn't already. Kind of sad news because, you know, first in flight, I thought was on our license plates. But if you want to cede that to North Carolina in its entirety, by all means, let's get rid of every semblance of the Wright brothers' history in the state. Not cool, guys. If you've been on any of the local message boards or social media lately, a main point of contention has been the mural on the side of the Southern Park Mall. This is the one that says you can't break a city built from steel. And uh, a lot of people in Youngstown or who defend Youngstown, see where I went there, have taken issue with the appropriation of the name Youngstown and the struggles of Youngstown and how the suburbs have essentially made it their struggle as well. And let me put it this way, everyone goes through tough times and that mall is a symbol of tough times. That mall, which helped facilitate the exodus of many shops and people from Youngstown, is now in the throes of crises of their own. They had to chop Sears in half, people. That's why that mural is there. So essentially, we are two crises removed from any kind of steel imagery. But they want to utilize that same rah-rah rallying cry to the uplifting and revitalization of the suburb, while the previous crisis of Youngstown deterioration hasn't even been adequately addressed in the least. So I understand where they're coming from. It's been hotly debated, and people with some real stake and cachet on both sides have been weighing in. So I just want to say that I'm pretty sure whoever designed it had nothing but the best intentions in mind. But I think that, personally, using that imagery and that rallying cry is a little outdated. And, in my opinion, a little in bad taste when it's not done within the city limits. And lastly, I just wanted to talk about two kind of unfortunate stories, one of which was from Detroit. I think you guys saw that there was a shooting at the Oxford High School there, and this one seemed fairly preventable. Apparently, kids called in sick the day of the shooting because they knew something was going to happen. I had never heard of anything like this in my life, and makes me nauseous to think that they are more aware than the local authorities or more proactive in protecting themselves than the local authorities in a situation like this. The kid apparently had a meeting with his parents and the principal or whatever, guidance counselor, the day before the shooting, a couple days before the shooting or something, the, the kid's father bought a gun, the gun that was used in the shooting. He then posted a picture of it or something on social media, essentially telegraphed what he was going to do in a million different ways and yet was not able to be stopped. I don't care your stance on gun culture. You gotta protect the kids. And I don't mean arming the schools. I mean probably making them fortresses, even more so than they are today. But if you wanna get into that next level of responsibility, it starts at home with proper gun ownership. And I've gotta imagine that these parents are gonna to have to be held to account. And the second story, which, oh my goodness, you know, I gotta tell you about it just because it's so bad that people need to hear about it. There was an elderly man who was called in for shoplifting in Tucson, Arizona. The man took a toolbox from Walmart and then flashed a knife at an employee. 
when he was on his way out the door. The man is motoring in a wheelchair through the parking lot when the police come and see him. Now he's got the knife in his hand, and he's just trying to evade the police when he starts to go back towards the entrance of the store. The police ask him to stop, and when he doesn't, the officer unloads an entire clip in this man, kills him on the spot, and then, in the most horrific part of it all, begins to cuff his lifeless body as he's calling in that there's a gunshot victim here at the Walmart. I think this kind of ties into the previous story. We have such an obsession with guns as the solution in this country that this shoot now, ask questions later, or kill now, cuff later mentality is prominent not just in 15-year-olds, but in the people who are sworn to protect the public. How afraid was this officer of an elderly gentleman wielding a knife in a wheelchair? You couldn't just shoot out a tire to make sure he didn't go back into the store. You had to kill him dead with multiple shots. I ask you guys, please don't watch the video. It'll make your heart sink that these people are in charge of a community. Obviously, this officer is in big trouble, but I think whoever trained him should be in big trouble too because he must have learned these actions are acceptable from somewhere. And yet, in the face of all of this crap, we all have to remain hopeful all the time. It's the only thing we've got left. Hope and love, community, understanding, communication. That's what we're here for. I try to bring the podcast to you guys and just share what I've seen around the world, around the country, around the state, around the valley that might be of importance or interest to you guys. I'm glad you guys are here with me listening, and I'll be here with you again soon. Thank you very much for tuning in.